Hello and welcome to The Song Inside, where we go inside people's stories to discover their songs. I'm your host, Deidre Rodman-Struck, piano goddess and song goddess, and I'll be walking people through this journey to find the songs hidden within themselves. Welcome. Hello, everyone in the world. I'm very happy to welcome you to an episode of The Song Inside with a magical being today. A magical mermaid, mystical wizard, wonderful goddess, Carol Lipnick. Hi, Carol. Hey, <laughs> what an intro. <laughs> Is that true? I love that. It's, it sounded like you were literally coming up from under the water. Like, <laughs> and there she is. I love you. In all, my, in all my grime and glory. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wonder, people always picture mermaids as these completely spotless beings. They're probably really mucky. They're freaks. Yeah, they are freaks. <laughs> well, and you, your website is Mermaid Alley. That's right. This, so where does so where, where the that's where the mermaids that smoke hang out? <laughs> <laughs> Smoking mermaids. behind in Mermaid Alley. Now, are yeah. they? Is this an underwater alley or an on land alley? Um, it's a tunnel. Ooh. Starts in the water. I feel like this tunnel and it exists. ends up in the stars. Yes, and it exists at Coney Island. I feel like that's where it all starts. Yes, yes. one of the, the things I love about Nightmare Alley. Yes, yes. it's kind of a nod to Nightmare Alley too. Yes, Coney Island. I'm obsessed with Coney Island, and I feel like when I met you many years ago, one of the first things that drew me to you was there's something of the mermaid about you and i've always loved carnivals and i i love magic and fantastic beings and i love coney island because it's this juxtaposition of kind of new and old mhm and i've just always hung out around carnivals i just love them yeah yeah um that is coney island has definitely got those qualities I know. <laughs> so what draws you to Coney Island? Well, that's where I grew up. Oh, so I okay. Was, I, was, I was there. What was that I like? I was there in the, the Nadir. Is that the how you pronounce that word? I Nadir? Think, yes, sure. Uh, the, <laughs> and so... Um, uh, so you were born I, of Coney Island. <laughs> yeah, What exactly. was that like? Well, I... I it it was it was it was sort of really falling apart at that time and still is i guess um but um <laughs> but you know lots of insurance fires oh boy that's and, scary um yeah and then things that were just uh it i i got a, i definitely got a taste for for um things that are just sort of falling apart mm. and um uh the the rides especially in the winter i loved riding around on my banana seat bicycle mm-hmm. and staring up at the empty deserted and mm-hmm. amusement park rides and the the parachute jump ah uh, yes uh, 
Yeah, it. I I, I get crushes on inanimate objects. I and, love that. I I, I understand that. <laughs> yes. So, do you have a crush on the parachute? I have jump? a crush on a parachute jump. Mm. And they had cut the 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 um the the sort of the 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 slings part that people would go up it on the cables. They cut them off. And then the cables were just kind of whipping around in the wind. I That's love since that. Gone away. But then the 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 um, Astro Tower, yes, had a hole in the top. The way it was designed, because it was mm-hmm. like a big elevator right. kind of tube, and uh, the wind would whip through it mm. and make this sound. So it was sort of like a wind. Uh, sound sculpture. Oh, yes. I rode in and the if- Astro Tower and I remember before it was when I first moved to New York and I had met Ben, we went there in the in the wintertime. Sorry, mm-hmm. not in the wintertime, on a very cold day for Coney Island and we rode up in the Astro Tower and it even though it was open, the park was open, it felt deserted and, and kind of haunting. But I yeah. loved that Astro Tower. Decaying. Yeah, yes. and then after Sandy, it fell. It, it it a few months after Sandy, it fell. It fell. Started swaying. Oh, is around, that why they tore it, it down? Was around, well, it was around July fourth, mm. and it started swaying, and so they had to uh, evacuate people from oh my around God. there. <laughs> it was signaling. It, it was it signaling. Down. It was done. <laughs> Yeah, like, and they took it down. Oh. Yeah, and and I went with a friend of mine, my friend Nancy, and I went over to the. We found we 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 made some inquiries and found the, the scrapyard where they they took it. Oh my gosh! But we were too late. Oh no! <laughs> we I also a piece of, of it. course. Who wouldn't want a piece of that? <laughs> I um, you had a crush. Who would want a piece of that? <laughs> I had a crush on, I think, the the abandoned roller coaster that was up for a while. Oh, the Thunderbolt. Oh, my God. And all the vines started growing yes. on that. Somebody, somebody planted Datura all around that. What is that? Datura is this flower that um, that people use the, the, the flower in, in voodoo ceremonies. <gasps> wow. It was very strange that they planted that. And there's still like a field because now there's nothing there, right? So there's a field that has um, those flowers. Amazing. (laughs) I feel like there's something about, I I do feel like places embody spirits or or feelings Mm -hmm. that they can, you know, they soak up all the energies of all the people that have been there. And they sort of contain those stories in some way or another. Do you? Yeah. Do you think yeah. that too? Yeah, sure. Um, uh, I there was something there, there's something that I that I sort of summed up the feeling of Coney Island with the sentence that Coney Island is a place where the things that were there are more there than the things that are there. Oh my God, that's so good. And there's sort of like, so, so I always felt like there were there were ghosts around, mm-hmm. um, but you know, not real ghosts. But, yeah, but you know, sort of like when you you think about it's very historical, mm-hmm. and there's so much history. Um, this friend of mine wrote this 
um, just just put out this wonderful book of photographs of people swimming in Coney Island. And he has the most amazing quote that he opens the book with. It kind of really sums sums it up. And it's a quote from um, O. Henry. Mm -hmm. And um, the book is actually by Peter Kayafes. And it's called Coney Island Water Dance. I need to get that. I'm interested. And the quote is um, by O. Henry from Brick Dust Row. They landed at Coney and were dashed on the crest of a great human wave of mad pleasure seekers into the walks and avenues of fairyland gone into vaudeville. Wow. That's so good, right? That's so good. It <laughs> really sums it up. But this was, you know, this, and that, this, that that was so many years ago. Yeah. Well, and my favorite um, was more in the the heyday. Right. <laughs> my favorite coffee shop is near me. It's called Steeplechase, and so they have a few mm. photos around the coffee shop of the amusements that used to be there. There's that big round looking like when you're a kid at the playground and you jump on the thing that spins around but this help was like mm. a, there were a hundred people on this huge one all in their wow. finest clothes just sitting and i was thinking <laughs> if you push that thing like half those people would immediately fall off <laughs> i don't know how right. that worked <laughs> <laughs> they probably did right? <laughs> right well and there's yeah. a photo of the pool yeah. which was massive especially mm-hmm. for the time i just I, i'm really I'm just still so fascinated by it. And, you know, I used to, I moved to New York to play for the circus. And I've always, I've always, you know, I worked at a state fair. I worked at a tiny little amusement park in my hometown. There's just something about that life that makes me wonder, you know, maybe I was an inanimate object in another life. I don't know. It's like an escape to another reality. Yeah. Which we can all use sometimes. And which I, that's one of the things that I really hear in your music is that there, it it is an escape because your voice is otherworldly, first of all. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Well, thank you because I feel like when I'm listening to your voice that it's kind of a shapeshifter. It can do all these different Mm. things. It can go really high. It can go low. It can, the vibrato can be wider. It can be narrow. Or it can be almost mm-hmm. spoke. You can almost speak it. And on the things that make you grow, which is the album that I was listening to yesterday, every song is kind of this different shape shifting part of you. I felt like that overall cre- creates kind of a whole picture. But it was hard to choose right. songs because from one to the next, they felt very you mean different. Almost back to normal. Oh, sorry, almost back to normal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Which I was like, like. Boy, did that come back to bite me in the butt. <laughs> Almost back to normal. <laughs> I know. <You're laughs> but, the, but this but, album, but Almost it's... Back to Normal, it, it, it's, it just feels like this undulating creature, kind of. That it's, it's almost like a living thing, but every song is completely different, and yet it all goes together. Although I will say, when I was, think, when I was listening to Almost Back to Normal, I thought, did you write this for post-pandemic? <laughs> I know it's so funny. <laughs> well, well, see, here's the here's the, the the thing about songs is that songs are um, they're like 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 mirrors or 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 vessels, and they sort of uh, 
will will hold whatever you want them to hold you know so like in one in one um you know they could mean mean many different things at many different times you know yeah and so so they sort of they don't you, they sort of change their meanings um you know depending on on how, what's going on in the world do you and think what, they what change what you're feeling so do they change meanings for you too or do they change are you saying they change meanings for the listener for the listener oh, right. well yeah and then they could grow for you you could sort of you know have a song and then kind of change the lyrics a little bit right you know as you grow you know yeah and um so so I have a question. Uh, I would love to. I've never done this before on this podcast, but I'm just really struck by this album, Almost Back to Normal. I'm sorry I messed up the title before. Um, no, I looked down at my notes and looked at the wrong no, thing. No, because we're doing that song, right? The other song. Yeah, the other song. The, the, that's on the album. Yes. Right? But I just want to go through the track listing and just give me a, li- a little synopsis or a piece of either what you were feeling at the time you wrote it or what you intended from it or something something about it. So no pressure, but here we go. Oh, the tyranny. Land of sheesh. That's not even, it's just, it's just about process, about, about songwriting and how songs are born. And, and, um, you know, uh, this is a first, uh, this is like a very first draft. (laughs) Yay. Okay, here we go. Of an idea. Can't run 
in the time of nobody knows. Nice. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So what <laughs> I had such an interesting I- image of that, which was fractured Disney princess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Exactly. Yeah. Or almost like, little, like a prism, the like mouse, the yeah. mousey, vo- the very beautiful quivery mousey voice, yeah. which, 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 which brings me to another kind of a, a, a process of mine is that every song is like a little, a little movie and mm. each movie has starring a different character Ooh. and depending on who the character is is what my voice is going to sound like you know so wow. you nailed it that is exactly what the, <laughs> that is very similar to the character that 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 song is about and so she's going to sing in that way you know of course ah! yeah you know and, um... <laughs> so on your so who's yeah, the character exactly. singing on the things that make you grow that's a song that I'd asked you to bring that takes you from darkness to light and people interpret this in all kinds of different ways, but what's your interpretation with this song with that subject matter? Well, um, I'm a bit of an amateur gardener and, uh, I was pretty, I'm involved with this community garden in my neighborhood, the Clinton community garden. It's really beautiful. If you're in hell's kitchen, it's on 48th street between 9th and 10th. It's open to the public on the weekends. Otherwise, you just have to yell if somebody, if someone's in there. <laughs> yeah! Let me in! Let me in! <laughs> um, but I was just kind of struck with the way, um, like, roses like bone meal. So, and I was reading a lot of William Blake also at the time. And just uh, thinking... Um, that's really interesting that putting ground bone meal in the soil for the roses. Yeah. And um, so... What's the purpose of that? That's what they like that, you know. Decay. I mean, things grow from decay. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Everything... It's a cycle of life that we, we're not in touch with. I forget too. The other day I was walking with Ben and I said, oh, that's so sad. The leaves on that tree are, look, they're dying. He said, that's literally the definition of autumn. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Oh, yeah. right. I well, forgot. Kids, kids are so wise. They're, they're, they're it was my husband, but yes. Oh. <laughs> but he, no, he husbands is. Husbands are so wise. Yes, husbands are so wise. No, he is kind of like a kid in that way and that he can you know, see the world. But I I was sad about it. It's just funny how my first impulse was to be sad. Like, oh, those leaves are mm-hmm. dying. And he was like, yeah, that is supposed to happen. It happens every year. And from that, things are born. Like, yeah, oh, because right. the, the, the soil gets enriched with the decaying leaves, mm. you know. Right. And the shit. And the shit. <laughs> and the shit. And but, the uh, shit. And the but shit. the... You know, getting back to the roses, and then I was thinking, well, they they're eating the bones, 
and the they're so beautiful and the, the, if you touch them you've got the thorns and you know roses are so metaphorical yes <laughs> so yes. it just i i have this app that that i got that's called the pro tabla app mm-hmm. and and if there are musicians out there that like to get musical apps it's 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 a little on the pricey side but like maybe thirty dollars or something but it's so great it's just it's just a tabla with all the like the other indian kind of drones like Ooh. and um so i was kind of working on like a, a musical idea with that and then I started thinking about the same thing, like the land of sheesh. I started thinking about, it was sort of going like, oh, it was how the melody was going mm-hmm. in my head. Oh. And then I started thinking about the roses and the bone meal. And I just suddenly, a light bulb went off in my head. And I said, this rose drinks of blood and bone. Its taproot has no mercy. You know, and yeah. I said, like, yes, that's <sighs> so good. And then I thought, um, God, the things that make them grow. And then I was like, oh, the things that make you grow. And then because I like to have fun i'm like it was like i like to ride on a roller coaster with my voice um the things that make you grow there's like the roller coaster yes things that make i do like amuse myself quite a lot when i'm singing (laughs) and i'm so lucky that i have a voice that has no limits so i could just like go on a roller coaster so i'm like why not you know and have a little fun with it too. So instead of just going to things that make you grow, it's busy things that make you grow. Ho, ho, ho. I and know. those kind of things are inevitable too. There's just have they have a feeling of inevitability. Oh, of course it would be. Oh, ho, ho, ho. You know? <laughs> and and a nod to a nod to opera. <laughs> well, right. Um, and something that I think a lot of songwriters that I know, including myself, wish we could do more is be open to those amusements, to those inevitabilities. In exactly. Not putting it in a box. Like you don't have to go, things that make you grow, and then it's done. It's the 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 melody wants to go on the roller coaster. And sometimes exactly. it's at that point where say my inner judge or whatever would be like are you sure? Like just second guessing it in any way. And you can't you know, do that. Yeah, the voice is like, uh, hello, this is where we're going. Get on the What's coaster. The name of that Olympic athlete um that that just just dropped out like Simone Biles. Like the greatest. Yeah, Simone Biles. Yeah. It's called the um the uh what is it called? It's got a name for oh, it. Oh, right, where you're afraid of the- falling on the beam or something. Yeah, but it's got a name for this condition mm-hmm. that you suddenly get, psychological condition, and now I can't think of the word. I know what you're talking about. Um, but if you think, you can't do it. Like, mm-hmm. if you, like, suddenly, like, you're driving. Right. And you think, I don't know which, I can't remember, like, how do, how do, which, which, which side is the gas and which side is the brake again, right. you know? Like, if you start thinking, you know, then 
then all all is lost. Yes. So so um, the the trick is not to think. Right. So if you're not thinking when you're writing, you you there's no limit to anything. Right. Yes. You know? I love that. Because, you know, everybody kind of comes with a constru- an instruction manual uh, when they're born, they get it, or it could be even genetic, but they have an instruction manual that their parents wrote for them, you know, mm-hmm. or their childhood wrote for them. Mm-hmm. So you just got to throw it out. You yes. Know? You got to try. The sooner try the better. Throw it out. It, I feel like, <laughs> did you ever see that movie? I think it was about the, was it about the cellist? Was Hillary Hahn a cellist? Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a movie, and there's a scene where she's so frustrated with the cello that she puts it out in the snow, and when she wakes up, it's back inside. (laughs) And I feel like the instruction manual sometimes, like you throw it out, and then it's like that it keeps reappearing. You tear it up, and then it's back together. For me, it's a continual process throughout my whole life to figure out how to throw that away. Just get rid mm-hmm. of it. You know, I, I'm going to try yeah. everything I can try. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's that's sort of like the best state to be in when you're writing mm-hmm. or performing even. Because then you can, you know, surprise yourself. Yes. And you, you don't, you don't, you don't have an inner voice telling you that what you're doing is bad. It's right. called also maybe being in the zone and the, yeah, zone, in the zone that the, that, that that zone is a is not a place that has any any kind of uh criticism self-criticism yeah. voices right you know scolding voices well i'm glad you were voices. in the zone for this song i want to listen to this song so we have here the things that make you grow
Thank you. <sighs> your, vo- your, vo- <laughs> your, your voice is just like this liquid, um, liquid gold kind of thing. Thanks. So. Yeah, I was sort of, I think, I think I was like sort of going for like, uh, like I said, I was reading a lot of William Blake. And mm-hmm. so I was sort of like the character in the song that's singing the song yeah. is sort of like the, one of those like cherubs in the sky yes, of course <laughs> singing down from the sky mm-hmm. so that was just the voice of the cherubs <laughs> right <laughs> the voice of cherub god <laughs> well where can i come and i know you're playing out and about yeah so t- actually, tell me tell I, me I do, where i do have some fun things coming up um well my kind of my home base is this wonderful beautiful jewel box of a club called um pangea it's in the East Village. I've never and, been there. Um, I'm going to make it a goal to come and see you there. Oh, thank you. The next show I'm doing is on December 5th. Okay. And it's a Sunday at 7. Doors open at 6. And uh, you could eat there. It's a really, really warm, friendly place. And the owners love artists. I love that. The weirder, the better. Oh, <laughs> my God. Like that, that just artists. is a sentence you don't hear very often. For 35 years, they've been loving artists. Um, mm. So they just love artists. So they had a party room that they, uh, a few years ago, they turned it into uh, somebody got the idea of getting a, a, a baby grand piano in there <sighs> in the party room, and they turned it into a, a, a performance room room and 
It's great. It's just I'm, great. I'm fanning myself because I, <laughs> this is the kind of thing that excites me these days. It's like, wait, what? Club with a piano with nice owners? Just I, oh my it, God. it doesn't sound real, I Carol. Did, Don't lie to me. Matt Canellis and I did a, a weekly show there for three years every Sunday. Just like it was just, uh, yeah, it was amazing. And so I just love playing there. It's just so, it's just wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. The last show I did there was actually with um, Lee Feldman on the piano. And um, that was the first show. Uh, I actually did the very last show before the pandemic closed everything right. down. It was like one of the last shows in New York. It was the Ides of March. Um, oh, gosh. In 2019. And it was the, the last show. Yeah. Maybe in New York. Possibly. I did that. <laughs> yeah, with Mara Rosenblum, who's another amazing pianist. And we did a show, and the the, the, the name of the show, uh, I like to name every show that I do. The name was Natural Magic. And it was, it was kind of a, had a little bit of a, a witchy vibe. And uh, natural, like the magic of the world kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. And um, then everything closed down. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of weeks ago, I did the first show, my first show back there. And I call it, I call it imperfect offerings because this is what we have now. Yeah. You know, but I guess we always had imperfect offerings. We didn't think of them as imperfect offerings, but here, here they are, you know, these songs. Yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, I was thinking a lot about, uh, George Harrison's first album, solo album, has a lot of songs, sort of very spiritual songs. And they kind of, you know, they're sort of about trauma and I guess the trauma of breaking up with the Beatles. And he was so in touch with God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he, he, so, so I did, a, I, so, so I worked out a, um, uh, with Lee, a medley of, um, uh, George Harrison's songs. Nice. It's kind of interesting. So I think we might do that again. On the the 5th of December, we're going to do another show, and I'm going to call it More Imperfect Offerings. (laughs) (laughs) And then the next one you can call Less Imperfect Offerings. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It also comes from a line in a Leonard Cohen song that I cover, um, and in the show, too. (laughs) Um, forget your perfect offerings there's Mm. a crack in everything um so uh it's called anthem that song i'm sure everybody knows it uh i'm sure your listeners love leonard cohen i'm sure they do and now they love carol lipnick if they didn't before they know you i have some (laughs) questions i've started doing at the end they're just like rapid fire no thinking too hard before you do that i have another thing coming up that i'd like oh please tell me um i actually composed during the pandemic one of the things i did uh was i composed uh with two other collaborators uh this score for this dance company and it's a, a dance piece uh, the Cheryl Lynn Love and Nino dance company and it's called Mythologies the work and I composed the score with Scott Killian and Jacob Lawson Jacob Lawson also produced Almost Back to Normal and plays violin and we're going to perform the music live and that's going to happen um, 
on Thanksgiving weekend, Saturday, November 27th at 7 p.m., and Sunday, November 28th at 6 p.m. It's at the Paul Taylor something theater. But if you look at my website, you get the Amazing. Um, will it just be the music, or will there also be dancers? Dancing, yeah. The whole oh, piece. wow. Yeah. I'm so definitely going to come to that. Mirabelle is a dance major at her middle school. Oh, really? And we've been oh. looking for some things to, to go to. So, Oh, okay. I'll give you the info. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it should be fun. It's going to, you know, I'm going to be singing live and uh, oh, amazing. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, I, this is exciting for me too because I don't think I've become an agoraph- agoraphobe during the pandemic, but I certainly got very comfortable in my comfort zone. And mm-hmm. I, the reason I live in this city is to be around art and culture and exactly. to let it soak into myself. And I mm-hmm. can't always do that if I'm in my little zones. I would like to get out into the city again and be going out more. And I've been starting to do that, um, but it's like a muscle. I need to practice using it again, you know? Yeah, well, you know, I got a KN95 mask and I'm all <laughs> vaxxed up. Yep, me so too. And now my, my nine-year-old, just they just announced, you know, she gets to be vaccinated. So great. Oh, I'm going to cry. so great. Yay. It's interesting. Yeah. I was I was thinking of how you titled your last show before the shutdown, Natural Magic. And mm. it's funny how, we, of course, we, we can't predict these things being just people. But that feels like you, you set kind of a blessing to me. It's like you, you, you set this blessing of natural magic, then everything shut down. And that just kind of was there. Hovering mm-hmm. in the air, little particles, natural magic, still around Trying us. Trying to enjoy the moment, yeah. in the moment, wherever you are. And we were all forced to do that if we hadn't before. It's like, yeah. slow down, take a walk. The cemetery near me opened up every day. It used to only be open. This entrance was only open on the weekends. Now they're open every day because we could just walk through there, get some air. It, it wow. just, what a weird gift. <laughs> This whole thing has been. You and I had done a concert in, in the Greenwood yes, Cemetery. Yes, you know what's amazing? In the chapel. Remember I how had, amazing that was? I, I'm going to share with you an experience that I had because my birth mother was in town. And as with any family, there's a lot of ups and downs. I found her in 2015. But she had really wanted to go to the cemetery. And so we went to the cemetery And it was this beautiful sunny day. We drove all around. We stopped at different places. And then we ended our visit by going to the chapel. And I remembered that we had played there. And now in the chapel, they have this really, I don't know if you've been there recently. It's a really amazing exhibit on loss where people write um, whatever they want on a piece of paper. And they have this platform set out where you roll up the paper and you put it in these lighted slots like candles in a church. Mm -hmm. And then they project certain sayings from some of the papers onto the wall. And there's Mm -hmm. this beautiful music playing. It's very quiet. And so you just can sit there and pull out these different thoughts on loss and then put them back. And it's kind of one of those things where every, every paper that I pulled out spoke directly to me. I felt like, And she was pulling out different ones for her, and we didn't speak. 
and we just kind of cried and sat there. It was so healing. There's something about that space that's so healing. And um, I love that we did a show, and then all these years later, I'm back in this space, you know? Yeah. That's an amazing you know, space. You know, the concept of randomness, finding meaning and randomness, that's like the I Ching mm-hmm. is all about that. Um, it's just like it kind of teaches us that you could find meaning for you that will help you in your life. Yeah. From the point you're at. Right. From anything, really, you know. Ooh, let's do a card so, pull, speaking of that. Yeah. I have my friends, um, she made an affirmation deck, so I'm going to pull one for us and we'll there find it. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Um, tell me when to stop. Okay. Stop. Okay, the card says, inspirations spark, stoking our internal flame, creativity. There you go. Internal flame. It's telling us it's telling us to write a song together. It is telling us to write a song together. (laughs) Which we should do again. We'll write a song together. Okay. I know. Sure. Why not? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I'd love that. Um a songwriter who has influenced you. First thought, doesn't matter. Oh well, you know. Just just first thought. Say. First thought, well, Joni Mitchell. Okay. And Laura Nero. Okay. Um, a songwriter or I could say an author you're either listening to or reading. Um, okay. Wow. Um, I was reading the poetry of Charles Simic. Okay. I'm going to check that out. He's actually very influenced by Joseph Cornell. Okay. Good. Um, and okay. That's good. Yeah. We don't, these are just, you know, we could talk about each one of these for hours. A concert that you went to that you remember being inspirational or affecting you in some way oh god a concert maybe when you were younger a a live like one of the first live things you remember seeing that actually made an impact on you um the metropolitan opera the rise and fall of the city of mahagoni uh starring (sighs) Teresa stratus as jenny wow (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this makes a lot of sense pretty, to me. That was pretty great. And, right. I, and I, you know, I'm very particular about my Jennies because I'm a Lota Lenya fanatic. And um, <laughs> I was like, hmm. And then she walked out, the whores walked out with their suitcases. And then well, she just embodied the spirit mm-hmm. of Brecht and Ryle. And mm. It's just amazing. She was amazing. Teresa Tratus was really amazing. So finally, a piece of advice you would give to a songwriter, either just starting out or a seasoned songwriter? Don't think. <laughs> Stay amused. Don't think. <laughs> and learn learn to... <laughs> learn to roll with the punches. Yeah. <laughs> learn to roll Except with the punches. failure. Embrace failure and turn failure into art. Mm. Turn failure into art. Your feelings of inadequacy and failure into art. Yes. I love it. There you go. (laughs) Carol, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you. This This, is really great. This is really, really great. Me too. Thank you. It's great to talk to you. 
I know. Thank you. Well, and we need to get together again. This is absolutely. Yeah, I, I just I, my smile. I'm just my smile. My face is not even big enough for my smile right now. <laughs> it's gonna fall off this my face. This is really great. Yeah, <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Yeah. And to everybody Thank listening, yes, yeah. remember that you can find everything song inside at the song inside dot me. I'm also doing Facebook lives every day at 1 p.m. on weekdays where I just improvise on the piano. Deidre Rodman struck. You can just go on and I'm playing for 15 minutes. My only rule is that I I have to not think about it before I sit down. I just sit down. I turn it on. I start playing. And as always, remember that everyone has a song inside, including you. <laughs>